Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We're back in action. It's the IGN UK podcast. I didn't have anything clever to say, so I said something really dull like that. Joe, have you got anything better? Um, hold on to your games and entertainment news. It's the the boys from the pond. The pond. We are the frog boys. We're the frog Once boys. Tadpoles, now mighty frogs. Matthew, what pond life are you? What pond life? I, I consider myself more of a sea life. You know, I respect the sea, so the sea lets me in. That's fair. <laughs> the Too good for the fucking in. pond. Uh, brilliant. Um, we talk about. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, uh, high energy. Good, high energy. High energy. Oh, Come this on. Is good energy. This fantastic early January energy. This. Um, mm. <laughs> One division is a thing that is now. Available if you have Disney Plus, the first two mm. episodes available in a bumper double episode premiere package. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had anything Marvel to watch. I have to say, uh, I did get a weird and slightly embarrassing thrill from hearing the da 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 da. Oh, I absolutely did. <laughs> that yeah. bit. Like I, I shouldn't feel this attached to Marvel stuff, but there was something about having a year off that made me yearn for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just yeah. a nice thing uh, Matthew You are reviewing these episodes I am, yeah In fact, The critical face of the MCU for at least nine weeks <laughs> um, We're not going to spoil anything Don't worry, mm. we'll put that out now Because you know you might not have had a chance to watch it You might be someone who's waiting until all nine episodes I believe mm-hmm. there are nine Are out uh, and that's Good luck enough, so. having that not spoiled Because yes. people uh, are going to already be spoiling stuff on Twitter right now so, so you can't blame us. Um, we've actually seen the first three episodes. We're lucky. We've seen the third one as well. Um, I didn't know we were allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are, we are, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. If, if you really want, um, want to dig deep, you can have a look on IGN.com at the moment and there will be a spoiler-free verdict on uh, on those first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but I think we're all pretty much on the same page. Plage? Page. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the plague again. Uh, that's from a previous conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we all like it. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Uh, Matt's going to have the best and most interesting opinions, so I'll get mine out of the way. Uh, I think uh, I really like it, and it makes me think of coming home from school and watching really old television programs because that's what used to be on TV when you couldn't choose. Um, and uh, and so it feels like oddly sort of warm uh, and like quite and and like really the first two episodes in particular are very much homages to those old sitcoms more than they are anything to do the, you know there's hinted but there's stuff to dig into in terms of what the story is but it's not like big implications for the MCU for a little while and I do think there are going to be a lot of hardcore MCU fans who fucking hate this. Um, yeah. I am not one of those people. I really like it as a television program, first and foremost. Um, I, I, so far. Yeah. 
I really like it. I too will get my dull opinions out of the way before Matt enters the arena. But um, yeah, I think it's weirdly like comforting and familiar, yet nothing I've ever seen before at the same time. It's really mm. odd like that. Like it has got. I remember like weirdly as a kid loving the Brady Bunch movies. Mm. What the? Th- I like watch <laughs> the them all the time. Yeah, the ones I never watched the TV show. The movies were just on. It, I don't know. TV seems to be on TV all the time when I was younger. The but, movies um, is about when they like transport them from the seventies into the nineties, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It was really <laughs> odd. Um, but <laughs> I watched those a lot, and like the third episode in particular is like a homage to that era specifically. But I really enjoyed the first two as well. And yeah, I the bits I love the most are definitely towards the ends of episodes where you get more of the mystery going on and mm. it almost becomes a bit David Lynchian in a way like there's like an undercurrent of like sinister stuff going on which I quite like there is some straight up X-Files going on in this mm-hmm. like if you're talking about homages some of the some of the bits at the end of these episodes feel like classic X-Files myth arc shit where you'd get like a whole episode of completely nonsensical bollocks and then at the end the cigarette smoking man would turn up and just look <laughs> and he'd be like it's a thing we've got to think of the things now um so yeah you just have him I, staring at barrels of goo and it'd be like what's exactly, the goo yeah what's the fucking goo and the mystery was that chris carter didn't have a fucking clue what the goo was um, but i think the, the one thing we haven't said is yet that it is a straight up sitcom for 90 percent of it yeah and it is actually genuinely quite funny which Paul, surprised me. Paul Bettany <laughs> is a fucking... You know, he's done comic acting before, but he is such a good comic actor. His face is like Jim Carrey-esque in places. It's I, I remember, odd. again, when I was younger, him as Chaucer in A Knight's Tale was hilarious mm. to me. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, is, is like it's such a contrast to... Vision is like an ethereal character in the MCU. He's mm. He's kind of... Like, stoic's the wrong word, but that kind of, like, there's a mystery to him, and he's very kind of a serious... I mean, he's a symphoid that can practically sort of see beyond the boundaries of reality, right? And yet, in this, he's kind of like this hilarious kind of housewife, househusband kind of character, mm. where he's kind of like... There's obviously a lot of amusement around it because the jokes are very... They kind of work on multiple levels because there's kind of, like, jokes within the sitcom that sort of because of the dramatic irony we have knowing that Vision's dead. Like, we Mm. all know that Vision had his head carved in by Thanos. And sort of like knowing that, there are some jokes that you're just like, okay, that's a comment on both the fact that he doesn't actually exist and what's going on in the sitcom. So like that feat of writing, I think, is extremely clever throughout the show. But Mm -hmm. I think, Cardi, like, you're right in, it's Lynchian. Like, it's... It doesn't use the same visual language as a Lynch, but where Twin Peaks is the the contrast between a very, very melodramatic soap and yeah. this really dark supernatural. Like, I don't think the contrast is quite as distinct as that, but what you've got is, as you say, it's a, it's a US sitcom. It's a half-hour, 20-minute sitcom, but underlying that is the is kind of like the true MCU kind of mystery. And I think that, as you say, Joe, that's going to be incredibly divisive. I think, yeah, like I can't imagine being like a 16-year-old Marvel super fan that's got a Tumblr about how much I fucking love Loki. Um, like, <laughs> am I really going to be in? You absolutely these... do have a Tumblr about how much you love Loki. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I say this because I can remember. Um, I think it was after I'd seen Infinity War coming out, and there was a group of 
maybe 14 girls on the floor of the of the Odeon lobby absolutely bawling their eyes out about what had <laughs> happened in that film. That's um, great. <laughs> but um, it's like, if you're of, you know, kind of like that sort of depiction in your sort of like fan, like, are you really going to want to watch a, what is two episodes? The first one is basically a straight up episode of I Love Lucy, just that the char- one, one character is a witch and one character is a, uh, a robot. Now, I barely knew what I Love Lucy was before I even started having to do the research for this show. And then I'm more familiar with Bewitched, which is the show that the second episode kind of has a lot more kind of homage to. Mm. But as you say, there are going to be a lot of people that watch the MCU because they like superheroes beating the absolute living crap out of each other. Like, have people come to like Wonder and Vision enough to sort of come on board with this? Personally, yes. And I really like the... As you say, there's the way that those shows are directed because they use a three camera setup like i mean they were filmed in front of actual live studio audiences Mm. which i think is really cool for the authenticity of it but it's the way it breaks the fourth wall so there's without saying what happens in episode one there is a moment where they 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 divert from being three stationary three cameras to a single camera setup and that's very lynchian where it's like this Mm. slow ominous zoom across a dinner table while well, everything like all the sounds are going a bit weird quite at that point. creepy as well yeah <laughs> the smartness of the way they break like almost at, at first it's subconscious the feeling of like something's wrong and it takes you a few seconds to go oh this doesn't it's filmed in the same stock it's filmed in the set is treated the same way but something about the way it's being filmed doesn't work like mm-hmm. the rest of the episode and it's a really cool little trick and they have a few of those as the as the series was the first three episodes go on, which I, I really like. Like there's a, a real element of like them playing with not just homage but how to break the mm-hmm. homage smartly as well. It's um, it's super yeah. high concept. Like it's a show that works on at least three different levels because it is a sitcom, like it has to be said, like it is a half hour sitcom. It's a comedy first and foremost. It's also a show that is homaging and changing each episode to look at a different decade of television, clearly written and produced by people that adore television, that just want to celebrate kind of the these sitcoms. And then underneath that, it's arguably the creepiest of the MCU that I've seen so far. And I say creepy in kind of inverted commas because it's not a straight-up horror. Mm. And, you know, it's not got the the kind of almost Lovecraftian elements of kind of like a Doctor Strange story. But mm. as far as the MCU goes, there is a sense of like dread that builds underneath this show. And so that's remarkably high concept for a series that as much as I love it, is largely the same film over and over again in different clothing. Like if you watch the MCU back to back, like you will find that you're seeing the same framework for those films. So mm. For the first TV show that these guys have done as a... I know it's not the first one that links to the MCU because obviously the Netflix shows do and Agents Mm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. did, but as a direct, these are characters from the films in a TV show. For it to launch like this is quite a bold move from marvel i mm. think like it's it's it, like i love the fact that they've done it because it shows I think it, that I, I think it has to be said that it's almost positive that this wasn't the plan yeah um, mm-hmm. i think feige's even said at this point it was meant to be falcon and winter soldier first and that's a much more natural looking on ramp yeah. for them 
But I do kind of, like you say, I kind of like that they've been forced into the situation mm-hmm. of launching with something absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Because um, it kind of gives you this sense immediately of like, what the fuck is the rest of this going to be? Is like, is She-Hulk going to be like law and order, except yeah. the order bit is <laughs> her fucking people up as a big yeah. green monster. Yeah. But it's like um, the, the best, Marvel is at its best in, in, the, in the print world when it's booking trends and it's they they sort of trust a run to a writer that's got a concept that they want to explore and the best example here is actually the vision from 2016 in which tom king wrote this incredible story about vision deciding he didn't really want to be a superhero anymore he was going to literally create a family of androids to live with and he goes and lives in the suburbs of washington dc and just tries to have a normal job obviously that doesn't go very well for him there's an underlying darkness to that storyline that causes a lot of trauma for him. But that's clearly one of the touchstones of this series. And it's like, it's not it's not just a minor touchstone. That's clearly half of what they bought to this show. Mm. So it's like, well, what are the other sort of elements that are going to come across in this phase? Like, we already know that Loki basically looks like fucking control the, the mm. TV show with, you know, superheroic gods in it. Like, what else are they going to do? And as I say, Marvel is at its best when it's booking those trends. And now it feels like that the MCU has got the the guts, basically, and sort of like the confidence that it's got an audience that will follow where it wants to go. That could mean there are some really odd projects that to come. Like, the oddest thing that they've ever done is Legion, but that's not a direct MCU thing. That was yeah. its own side deal. But the idea that we could get something like Legion again but with characters from the films that we love that's quite exciting i think like to skip back a little bit to wandavision and what it's trying to do this is kind of this is fan theory-esque from me but like just doing like some basic maths originally the stars of the show were talking about this as a six episode series of hour-long episodes and now it's a nine episode series that seems to be around half an hour an episode if not less um if you think if you think about the premise, which is apparently they skip a decade of sitcoms every week, once you get up to the 2010s, which we know we're getting into with like office and mockumentary style things, Kevin Feige said that, that's seven episodes, mm-hmm. which to me implies I think the last two episodes of this show will be far more normal mm-hmm. yeah. in the terms of MCU, which is kind of what's intriguing me more than anything else now, because you have this sense of like, Although it could be, if it is meant to be six episodes, then it could be six episodes of sitcom and three episodes of denouement, like feature length almost. So there's something really interesting about how it's going to deal with its own structure as well. I'm I'm super interested in how that's how yeah. that's all going to come to pass. I'm I'm well into it, and I'm just interested, more importantly, in the overall mystery of it as well. It's got a good like I don't really you can have a rough idea of what's going on, but. There's no real indication of who is doing this or why it's happening. I think why is the major reason, because, like, at the end of Endgame, like, everyone seems to be in a happy enough place. Not, you know, happy, but, you know, everything's relatively okay. So what has happened for this to happen is a good question. Yeah, it feels like there's been a significant jump in time somewhere. Um, Mm. Or at least a lot of events have occurred to get us to whatever this is. So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And it could always end up being quite a disappointing mystery box. But I do think the fact that this has to, in some way, tie into Doctor Strange 2, apparently, 
makes me think like it feels like it has to get to a definitive endpoint. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I like the fact that you know we're mm-hmm. getting into these things where they're just kind of treating the MCU slightly more strangely, mm-hmm. slightly more Doctor strangely. Obviously. Nice. Uh, from one Disney thing to another, because Disney do own 90% of all entertainment licenses. Mm. Uh, do you want to go with Star Wars or Indiana Jones to start with? What, what, what one do you want to... Indiana Jones. Pick. Let's go Indiana Jones. This one came out of nowhere, didn't it? What a pleasant surprise. It's yeah, brilliant. Uh, I know. And, well, if you missed the news, we'll t- let you know. Uh, there's a new Indiana Jones game in development from Bethesda and more uh, in particular... More in particular, I don't know. Machine Games are making it. Um, the creators, not creators, developers of the most recent Wolfenstein games. Uh, they love killing Nazis. So does Indiana Jones. What a marriage made in heaven. <laughs> yes, I like. I'm assuming this is gonna be an uncharted third person like. It'd be very odd if it was a first-person Indiana Jones. Yeah, and I know a lot. I saw a lot of people worrying about that, but I don't think we need to like look into Beth- the way machine games make ga- make games in that no. way like people can switch perspectives with t- without too much trouble and frankly to me the best bits of Wolfenstein I don't I don't rate the gunplay in Wolfenstein the new Wolfenstein's very highly at all I've always found it quite unsatisfying and to me it's always the storytelling in those games that really pop, mm-hmm. you know like jumps off your TV and kind of makes you remember it it's the moments that I get into so they kind of feel like a very good fit. They're, those are like very sort of globe hoppy, um, mm-hmm. set piece driven things. There's a lot about machine ga- the way machine games make stuff, not just the fact they hate Nazis, um, that makes them really good fits for this. Um, the storytelling in Wolfenstein 2 and its presentation of that story, like obviously it, it really embraces the 60s and so has that kind of like almost card approach where it will split the screen into lots of panels and stuff like mm. that through the cutscenes. I think there's a real chance for them to have a lot of fun with the 30s as a, as a setting, kind of like the <laughs> 30s or the 40s, wherever they decide to, to set it. Um, and so what if I it's think... a shared universe? BJ and Indy are actually like <laughs> long-lost brothers. <laughs> yeah, sure. You playing that? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll play weird. anything machine games make, so... <laughs> It is with like Indiana Jones. It's hard for me to gauge because I always in my head Indiana Jones is like this thing that's everyone l- loves, but I don't know if that's the case because I've seen a lot of people recently say they haven't seen it. Which to me, it's one of those things like Star Wars. I thought like every kid saw them growing up, and maybe I'm wrong. But to me, I've always loved Indiana Jones like as much as Star Wars, and to me, like it's always been odd that there's never been that many games. Like we had the point and click ones, we had. Infernal Machine, which Infernal I played Machine. a lot as a kid. Despite if I played it now, I probably think it's atrocious. It's just a bad Tomb Raider game, basically. Yeah, but as a kid, I loved it. And then and there was what was the Wii U one with the whip? Well, there was one on Xbox as well, which might be that one as well. Is that the that one? one? Um, it's called like the, fair, the Tomb Tomb of the Pharaohs. Something like that. that yeah, I remember um, seeing a double page spread of that in a magazine and thinking it looked like the most realistic Harrison Ford I'd ever seen. <laughs> and like, if you look back at it now, it actually looks really ropey. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's good reason for this because Tomb Raider and Uncharted have always pretty much done them consistently well. Mm. That there's no need for Indiana Jones games. But yeah, I was I'm pleasantly surprised that they're making this because, as I said before, it's completely 
unexpected like no rumors at all like rare that there's any no leaks whatsoever yeah it's great and like it'll give them an opportunity to flex some new muscles to bring in some new staff that have expertise in these areas that they don't necessarily have i think i think it's a really exciting move yeah Mm -hmm. i just hope it isn't just uncharted i hope they do something more with it because if it is just an uncharted clone then and i know uncharted just kind of clone tomb raider and tomb raider mm-hmm. kind of took one yeah but you know but i want some maybe some more heavy puzzle like ar- archaeology elements like investigation to it. work where you actually yeah. have to figure out where you've got to go next yeah, yeah i don't think i don't think they're going to push hugely far in that kind of direction but i do like the idea that there's those kind of that there's those moments of like i'm i'm doing some of like the detective stuff that I don't know you know like even The Witcher did it quite The Witcher 3 did it quite well like just little moments of very slight kind of thought that you put into it I would I would appreciate that mm-hmm. but I can't see it going far off the uncharted path no. to be honest and you know this is years away most likely I don't think they've actually said when it is but I, it, not in the next two they've, years I'd imagine for all of these things they've been vague but it, it feels like everything's in early development and particularly on the Star Wars side which obviously we'll get into Mm-hmm. The kind of increasingly going thought is that EA had a 10-year deal, which expires in two years, which accounts for why these things are being announced now, because they can then be released after that deal is up. Because EA's deal is a publishing deal, not a developing deal. Um, so, yeah, I kind of I think that's what we're seeing, but no one's going to talk about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we get on to this Star Wars game? Because yeah. Ubisoft have announced they're doing a Star Wars game. The Star Wars bounties are being spread across the development galaxy. Someone else talk. Um, it's it's <laughs> an open world massive. Star Wars game. <laughs> they're making who... the, are they making the division with bounty hunters, which is what I want? Well, I they have a, a distinct history, right, in having made two rather large games in which you do effectively just go around doing bounties. Like, that's the, mm, yeah. the sort of thing. So the if, if you could play, especially jumping on the success of The Mandalorian, if I could just have kind of like an outer rim sort of open world sort of area that I could go around, I take on bounties, I get a piece of Beskar for each bounty I do, and I gradually build my armor, I'd absolutely be into that. I mean, it's destiny. Like that, yeah. you're describing Destiny. You're going to different planets. Hopefully, you actually do the flying between yeah. them. That would, mm-hmm. I mean, that feels it doesn't feel integral, but it definitely feels like something people will want. You'd want um, a ship that you could at least customize more than what, like Destiny. You just skin them. Like you'd want yeah. a ship that felt your own. Do you yeah. both think that this is a multiplayer game? I think it will be. I think maybe I'm just assuming like you can't like we said before you can't always go on what studios have made before and go oh well, they're just going to do that but it makes sense that it is like a four player like division almost avenger style game <laughs> but it's Star yeah. Wars I'm I'm torn on it because like Jedi Fallen Order was one of the top 10 selling games of mm. the last year so it proves that like a single player thing's not going to cripple you financially if you release it because like people yeah. always say will happen um and so i could i could very and also i think the problem as soon as you open something into multiplayer you lose the opportunity to make an iconic lead or you know something that resonates within the star wars universe yeah there's also the interesting point of like 
Lucasfilm have specifically said every everything that happens in these games is going to be canon. So how do you make an evolving canon game within Lucasfilm? Like Sorry, how true. much extra trouble is that? Like whereas a single story is just like there you go, that's yeah. the story. I think it's just because it's massive making it, and if it mm. was any other pretty much Ubisoft studio, I think this is going to be Assassin's Jedi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but because they're doing it. I just assume it's guns. (laughs) Yeah, they're a big studio with a lot of people understanding that side of the tech, which is why I feel like you'd choose a studio. Like, Ubisoft have dozens of studios. They could have chosen many other places to place this. So that's kind of why I I feel there. But also, I don't see it so much as games as a service-y, maybe. Like, in my head of what they could make wouldn't necessarily be the division. I sort of... I'd imagine it closer to what we know of Arkham, uh, sorry, Gotham Knights, mm. where it's a bit more of a kind of funneled cinematic experience, but you've got three buddies beside you. But obviously, mm. this is entirely headcanon at the moment. Like, yeah, we yeah. know nothing. Who knows? But yeah, that's. I would. I would take that as long as it's done well. I mean, it just reminds me of Avengers, which although I have put 150 hours into, uh, uh, I obviously don't think is that good. But <laughs> in the run up to it. I was very excited, so let's hope they actually pull it off because that would yeah. be nice. Yeah, I'm super interested in it. Um, mm-hmm. I I think also like just on a wider level, it feels like it feels like Luke's film games has just as it is now has just completely knocked this week out of the park. It's like it's the best of both worlds because no one liked the bottlenecking of EA owning that license, the publishing license. But also there's lots of stuff about the EA stuff they've made that people like. So just going like, well, just keep making your shit. We'll let you, but we're going to open those doors. is just such a nice and unusually open way of doing things, in particularly in this industry. So like, I'm mm-hmm. super impressed by it. I think it's really yeah. cool. And um, the fact there's new Indiana Jones games as well is wicked. Yeah, so. does that open up the doors to a return for Grim Fandango or Monkey Island? Can I- we hope? I honestly think they'll do something with Monkey Monkey Island. I don't know whether it'll be just remaking one or doing something new, but if they've specifically said they want to bring back the old spirit of LucasArts, and like Nothing that is that the more. old spirit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I would I would love to see that Full Throttle Two, the I mean, Dig Two, Full Throttle and Grim are with uh, with uh, Double Fine now. Double Fine, like, yeah. They they can do you whatever they want with it. They might, you know. They might team up and go, do you want a lot of money to <laughs> make this? Uh, we can hope. Uh, should we talk about something that's a lot closer and indeed some games that are even out? Let's have a look. A quick run through. This is basically what I've been playing recently, but I know other people have also been playing some of these. So uh, I'm going to kick it off with Persona 5 Strikers, which is out on the 20th of February in the West. It's been out in Japan, I think, for a good year now mm. or so. Uh, and I've deliberately avoided because it's basically Persona 5 2 if right. you don't know um, it's only 30 to 40 hours though which is oh, only, good and short for a Persona 30s. game <laughs> but compared to 120 that is short um, so I've avoided all spoilers like story stuff for a good year because I care about these characters a lot um, even so much Joe that I'm playing a Muso style game <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've played the first like five or six hours, which is why I can talk about it. It's like the first section of the game, effectively. If you know Persona, then you'll know there's like a good number of palaces you have to go through in the game, and they're basically 
the levels in a game, but they're giant levels. They last like six or seven hours at least each. Um, but in this, they're called jails. They're a different... So you're still going to the metaverse, but instead of going to people's palaces, you're going to their jails, which is because it's a slight twist on what you're doing to people this time around. So in the original Persona, you would be stealing their hearts, but in this, you're kind of... It's slightly less sinister. You're still going into bad people's jails, but you're more trying to change them than it's basically. Inception. Yeah, it's Inception. If you didn't know, it's Inception, which, you know, and I'm fully aware. In fact, should we let's do the piece of feedback now, actually, that's about Persona, um, because I know a lot of people aren't into Persona. So maybe I, well, why, why don't you read this email then, Joe? All right. Why the hell not? Here we go. This is from Rory. He says, yo, 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 hi guys. That's how I'm assuming he says it. Lovely podcast, lovely podcast. And then he changes font and says it's some good shit on a long drive. I don't know what the bigger font is about, but I like it. That might have been me. I don't know. Oh, was it? (laughs) Okay. Just a quickie. Persona 5. I don't get it. Everyone loves it. I tried it, played four hours, got to the first castle slash battle sequence where the school becomes a castle, and turned it off. I like a massive range of games from your FIFAs, Last of Us, Outer Wilds, a bit of everything, but this just didn't click, and it bugs the shit out of me because loads of people love it. Should I carry on? I think what didn't click was the lack of association with the JRPG-isms built into the game, humour slash combat style. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Also, has there ever been a game that's been really well received that you guys didn't click with? Fuck the sea. Peace and love, wow. Rory. That is the opposite of respect the sea. Um, Matt looks we'll go absolutely back to the question about games not... by that. <laughs> we'll go back to the games not clicking later, maybe. Yeah. But um, I just thought we'd talk about Persona because I I absolutely love it. I know, Joe, you've bounced off of it once or twice and not. Yeah. it's just not I, for you. Persona 5, um, I... Uh, I would fully love a Persona game that was just about being uh, a lonely Japanese child who has to get a part-time job and go to school. Like, genuinely, I love all the sequences where I'm just walking around Shibuya and Mm -hmm. soaking in that culture, meeting people, learning stuff, building relationships. All that stuff really works for me, like the life simmy aspects. But I just don't like JRPGs enough to care Mm -hmm. about going through those dungeons and how long they take and particularly the what's the randomly generated ones is that just um, called the oh, metaverse or is it yeah the um oh my god when you're in the cat bus yeah i'm learning yeah. all different names uh, for things now with I, strikers and I've... whatever it was mementos I hate the, yeah i hated <laughs> that bit i thought that was awful and the <laughs> amount of time you're spent to de- just dealing with that stuff is just incredibly dull to me they do um, make that a lot better in royal but i know yeah, that, that's so no heard, yeah. sacrifice for you um, but. <laughs> but yeah like so and so it's the same with me it's not i kind of i fully recognize why people like it it's just that that combat style that system just don't, never quite clicked mm-hmm. for me and I, I know as with a lot of these kind of games like it's it's i'm playing yakuza 7 which is exactly the same kind of thing and it takes 30 hours to get into the game to the bit where it actually starts giving you real jrpg stuff it's just that it the style of it clicks with me more and something yeah. about persona 5 just never did so i get you rory you, you, you got, don't you got carry f- on if you're not interested just play different games exactly um you got further into it matt didn't you, you- yeah i mean i actually i was debating installing royal because it's one of those where i got I think my Persona 5 save is like maybe 60 or 70 hours. I did quite a bunch of it. And just, I basically got to a point where the way I built my party 
did not cover a certain element and it mm. absolutely fucked me in a dungeon and I was like I can't be asked to go and do a bunch of grinding and build personas and, and do all of that side of it to come back in like 10 hours to solve this so I stopped yep. I've heard that a lot of that is solved in Royal they have made uh, it a lot like Royal makes it I think just objectively objectively subjectively even uh, a lot easier mm-hmm. a game uh, which is why I've been and I the one thing is like I love that style I love that soundtrack those characters generally worked for me aside from I don't like Morgana and Morgana has like they are part it's got that part of the thing where in in the Persona games there is occasionally a bit of the weird Japanese cultural thing where it can be quite creepy and I'm a bleeding oh, yeah. hard lefty, aren't I? So sometimes yeah. a bit like, I wish you wouldn't say this. Please stop perving on the like 14-year-old I'll, I'll, I'll move girl. on to Strikers shortly. But um, mm. yeah, that still has some of that as well. Which, yeah. um, it, don't get me wrong, that's not why I love the game. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but as it a, is in there. In terms of like thinking of Persona as like the most stylish Final Fantasy game you will ever play, like I mm. love that side of it. I have always loved high school stories, so that side of it really kind of mm-hmm. chimes with me. I just need to find 120 hours to play Royal through. And like yeah, I'll play when when Persona Six comes out. Like I'll be on that day yeah. one. It's just I can't do Strikers obviously without finishing Royal. Yeah, I would. Um, I feel like Royal, you have got to a point where you'd know if you like it or not. I feel like once you're into that. Um, castle uh palace area and you've done a bit of that and you've got to grips with the combat you'll know if it's chiming with you or not although i would suggest to most people maybe f- i know that's a long commitment it's more like 10 hours but maybe finish that first palace to know if it's for you or not because you get more a sense of how more how different battle can be rather than because it's very easy at the start and you know it can get more interesting but um yeah and i don't really have an answer of why i love persona because like i'm not like apart from it being i love the style i love the music i do love the characters and i think that goes a long way to it because i'm not traditionally a jrpg person really i like turn-based stuff but i'm not i've not played i've played like one or two final fantasies i loved pokemon as a kid and that's kind of like persona is a lot more like pokemon than i think people who haven't played it realize Mm. but um yeah, and I don't really have an answer because I'm not really into like the anime side of it at all. Really, I've never watched an anime series like that. Does like that sort of like Japanese storytelling really doesn't even do a, a lot for me. Single one anime. You didn't watch I've any seen anime when the you're, Pokemon like, on... TV show. Yeah, that counts. It's <laughs> yeah. an anime. Well, you know, none of the ones you know people list as the must watch anime. Oh no, because you know I mean. they're probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, that'll solve our problem of not having well, enough feedback. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Writing about why Matt is wrong about anime. Um, oh, oh god. <laughs> we won't read it. We might. Um, but like, none of us like anime, so we, you won't have many people really defending either. Um, but um, Strikers, anyway, is like Persona Five Two. Is the same story, except I, I'm liking it so far. I'm not loving it because I do like the turn-based combat. And I really like the thing that Joe was talking about, which is the day-to-day stuff of like being mm. on a calendar and like, right, in this day you can do three actions. Do you want to hang out with this friend? Do you want to go to a steam room? Or do you want to study? You know, <laughs> And they all like have stat increases. And it feels like meaningful. And that part of the game does form half of the game, basically. Or whereas is that not in, in this, Strikers? Not really, no. So you have... You're not really on that schedule system like you're just you can infiltrate whenever you want the jail and you can 
go and do the battles and you don't hang out with your friends at least i haven't so far all you do is use the shops around shibuya it still has the Mm. same places but the only thing you you can talk to people but you can't hang out with them and you just basically buy stuff at the stores Um, so my head i got it as you know how kind of like fire emblem uh three houses kind of like has that lighter version of the persona social system i sort of assumed it'd be that but when you went out on missions they became muso style kind of a bit disappointed now you really have to bear in mind that in the and the thing we're not talking about here is the best bit which is the we're gonna get onto the combat yeah but the thing but like in the grand history and i use grand ironically of (laughs) spin-offs from the warriors series the big abiding combining thread aside from the two Hyrule Warriors games is that there is very little thought put in beyond (laughs) characters and visuals. Um, And I've heard Strikers is actually a good Musou game. I haven't, and I haven't played it yet (laughs) myself, but the, you know, for the fans. But um, yeah, certainly I never went in expecting that they would attempt to replicate anything like the Persona experience. They have, to be fair, they have got a lot of that, like all the music's there, all of like the attacks are still there, all the Personas, the actual like, like, you know, monsters Mm. themselves are there. Like they've got all like the Showtime attacks, the All Out attacks, like all of that is there. You're just doing it in a different way. And like I said, like, this is the first time I've really played a Musou game and it is madness. Like, And they throw you in at the deep end. Like, You are learning about 20 things within the first half an hour and I'm like, I don't know what buttons I'm pressing here. I'm button bashing, but it's working. So I mean, that's that, is, kind of... that is very much the point. Um, <laughs> but square, you do square, have... square, triangle, square, square, triangle, square, but... triangle, square, 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 triangle, circle. That's that... all of Dynasty Warriors. It's that, is, that is what I'm doing a lot. Yeah. But they also have the cool thing, which is how the personas are used, which if you don't know what personas are, they are basically forms that they're like, ugh, how do you explain it? They're they are Pokemon for the soul. Like... <laughs> exactly yeah. there. Your soul that comes out like massive monsters and perform elemental attacks, like different characters have different ones, like electric electric attacks it's like pokemon and you get to switch between all of the team from persona 5 straight away which is good so you're not just stuck playing as you who is joker but like you get morgana makoto Rigi, all of them and that's the cool thing you get to switch between them and actually play with them which feels good and the way you use the personas is basically you can just pause battle because sometimes you need to just see what's going on by holding r1 and that lets you kind of just stop freezes everything and you can scan the enemies to see what they're weak to and then switch between your personas while it's frozen and then use an attack in an area on a circle on the map and that basically targets the weaknesses of enemies and then lets you attack further from there so that's i really like that because it's really like the standard little battles where it's just a hundred little gremlins like those are quite dull but when there's like these mid and end level bosses it becomes a lot more interesting because you actually have to like i've actually died a couple of times which i wasn't doing earlier and you have to think Mm. it through and use items and it's genuinely quite difficult so (laughs) yeah uh i don't know if i'm gonna get into dynasty warriors off the back of it though because i'm not gonna lie the persona part of it is what's keeping me going yeah it's a shame to hear you say that but i'm interested to see what you think joe because you you might like it (laughs) I think, I th- from what you're saying, it sounds like it's got some of the thought of Age of Calamity going in. Mm-hmm. The stuff that really impressed me about Age of Calamity, I've spoken about it at length on here, but is that it, it managed to 
actually meaningful meaningfully do things not just to the style but the actual combat systems of Dynasty Warriors which those spin-offs so so rarely do yeah. um it made it feel more like a, a competent action game which was quite cool mm-hmm. um so I, I'm definitely interested in it like it's yeah. it's the kind of thing that I like seeing them mess about with it's just got crazy stuff as well like Morgana who is like a cat can just turn into a bus also so mm-hmm. you can just turn into a bus and drive around and run people over you can there's just you sometimes that sounds crazy for dynasty warriors you are sadly mistaken well, yeah, <laughs> you know there's just just other weird stuff like there's just skateboards littered around you can jump on and just run through 100 enemies on a skateboard which is just you know it's all a bit mad but you know Love I'm it. enjoying it. It's out in a month, uh, and I'd recommend. I think is there a demo on the Switch or is that only Japanese? That one. I, don't I might know. be making that up. Uh, but yeah, if you're into Persona, you'll probably like it. If you're into Dynasty Warriors, you might like it. If you're into neither, I recommend not getting this because <laughs> because you probably won't like it. Uh, let's talk about another Switch game. I'm going to pivot the running order slightly. Grindstone. Yeah. I meant to talk about this last week because it's what I was. I spent a lot of time playing it over Christmas. I know you've been playing it as well, Joe. Mm. Mm. It is a. Have you played it, Matt? Sorry, before I... Nope. No. no. It's a oh. Cappy game is it? It yeah. is a Cappy yeah. game. Mm-hmm. It is very addictive. It came out. It was on Apple Arcade for ages, and now it hit Switch just before Christmas. I think around then. Um, and it's kind of how would you describe it? It's kind of a match. It's a puzzle game that has very light RPG elements. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, like. It's essentially a take on Bejeweled. Like yeah. that's its closest thing. It's it's about manipulating maps of coloured things into shapes where you can most efficiently get rid of all of it in one go. Um, yeah. And but it does it in like a proper. Adult Swim Cartoon Network Adventure Time aesthetic, which is really, really nice. Yeah. And it, uh, I listened to Matthew Castle talk about this on a podcast recently, where he went into detail about like its feedback is so good, um, like the way it makes you, the way it presents you doing well is so smart because the core of it is the the, the conceit is you are a guy going through dungeons killing monsters. Like mm-hmm. little, I can't remember what they call them. Are they just creeps? Uh, yes. Yeah, and he like he slices each one up as he goes through. But the longer your chain, the stupider and more over the top that animation becomes. <laughs> he like yeah. speeds up and gets faster and faster. And when you're getting to like chains of thirty or forty things, he starts like screaming as he's doing it, and like it's going at a light speed. And there's all these mad effects, and it's just like it's incredibly satisfying to do well on yeah. just like a serotonin level, which yeah. is really really cool. Um, That's the one thing I'd yeah. say. It's just really satisfying. Like it's the perfect like it's a great game to have while you're watching something, or if there's football on or something, just mindlessly kind of ma- like chaining together creeps uh Mm. but then there's some you have to like think harder about there are like boss battles and there are enemies that like you can only kill if you've killed like 12 creeps before them in the chain so you have to basically be lining them up so it's part puzzle game part yeah a little bit of rpg and it's just a really nice style and yeah i'd I'd recommend it to anyone likes a good puzzle game i'm so happy cappy are making stuff like this as well because like below didn't really light the world on fire after it was took six years to come out or whatever it was and it's really nice to see them do this not least because it feels like a real iteration on their thinking around did you ever play um might and magic clash of heroes Mm -hmm. 
she, you know, you know, like there's like thousands of Might of Magic yeah. games made by. They're basically the original uh, Disney giving out the Star Wars license. <laughs> they're just like, fuck it, anyone take it, who gives a shit? And Cappy made on the DS a match three strategy game based on Might and Magic, and it was fucking amazing. And because it was a DS puzzle game, I think it got written off as like easy cash grab type thing when actually it was like unbelievably accomplished puzzle game and if it came out on mobile now i think it would clean up like it's amazing and this is very much that version Mm -hmm. of cappy making something new in a different way and i i'm delighted they're getting to do that again because there's clearly such good like system thinkers they really put things together mechanically mm-hmm. well like all the cogs work together it's it's brilliant it's so yeah. good i like all these like apple arcade games i just never played because i didn't have apple arcade like that and what the golf and mm. what were some of this uh manifold garden was that apple arcade originally or am i making Ooh, i that don't one? know uh, there was there was a puzzle game might not be that one there was one similar to that anyway if not um but yeah, I like all these little puzzle games that because I didn't have an iPhone originally, I just didn't play. But now they're on Switch and it's perfect. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, one more puzzle game I want to mention uh, that I feel like everyone missed, and I'm now very sad about it. Uh, is the Last Campfire? I don't know if either of you two have had a chance to play the Last Haven't Campfire. Yet. I would recommend this game to anyone. I absolutely loved it. It's the small puzzle game that's you know it's six to seven hours it takes to play but it's from hello games so it's the small team were making this while you know the rest of the studio are working away on no man's sky but i know you said that like you feel a bit sad that nobody has sort of seen this and i think part of that is i don't think they did a lot of marketing around it it just kind of like appeared mm-hmm. and then well like, i think has well, did away. it launch did it launch on apple arcade even it launched on something like day one uh, the last camp yeah yeah i yeah. think it, i think it is a, a, on apple as well yeah i think they just did a date like a and it's out today on apple arcade mm-hmm. and it just had no yeah. buzz around it it's just like a bit sad for that game it's out on i think pretty much everything now i played yeah. it on playstation um and it's just a really really good puzzle game like i think it's the best puzzle game i played last year and i'm sad that no one else really seemed to play it um it's kind of got the tone and kind of almost semi-similar art aesthetic to Journey. It's kind of got that sort of kind of existential story to it. It's kind of got that almost melancholic tone, but it's also got like cutesy art direction and like a lot of fun like creatures and characters you meet along the way. But the main gameplay is basically you're saving other people like you that are called forlorn who basically have kind of almost given up on their journey or had something happen to them and to save them you basically touch them and go into sort of like a puzzle box to help free them okay and these little puzzle boxes are almost like mini zelda shrines but like with zero combat it's all puzzles and that's what i was waiting they almost, for you to say yeah because they... <laughs> i do like puzzle games but i know you're a big fan of the witness but the witness has never done anything for me because it's yeah. a bit it's almost a bit static i like the physical like zelda offers you that tangential sort of yeah pushing things around i'm pulling things i'm exactly using it's much physics. more like that but like mm-hmm. there's no jump or anything so it's almost more similar to like captain toad in a way okay of like, like you're captain moving toad. around a small space there's one mm. simple puzzle to solve and like most might only take a few minutes but like there's some that are genuinely 
like I was stuck on for a good almost half an hour. I was like, this is shouldn't be taking this long. But they're really cleverly designed puzzles that like don't make you feel stupid, but also when you finish them, you feel quite smart at the same time. Like they're a really good balance, and I I would recommend it to anyone. And without even knowing, I finished the game, click and pinged the platinum without even hey, trying. So that's the kind of edge. game you love to see. Um, <laughs> I'm actually I haven't put this on the thing because I forgot about it. But I've also been playing a similar vibed game recently called Carto. Have you seen Carto? I haven't, no. You play as a like little lost girl in a world and she falls out of an airship that's run by her grandmother and she lands in a world and the mechanic is basically she finds pieces of maps of the area and she fits them together to go to new places and by un- by finding new bits of map you unlock the exits to bits that go to the next chapter. The clever thing being that the way those maps move is they don't have to go in certain places. Have you played Carcassonne? Yeah, I love Carcassonne. Like, you, know, yeah. you know how like map tiles have to fit next to other map tiles of the same mm-hmm. type, but they can go in any configuration. It's essentially that idea. But then it starts doing really smart stuff with puzzles. Like um, you'll get uh, to take a very early example. So this isn't like a big puzzle spoiler. This little thing animal turns up and draws a you only have four pieces of map and they are a river like bending mm-hmm. and this animal turns up and draws a circle and i sat there for ages being like what the fuck is this like i had no <laughs> idea what to do there's no pieces of map anywhere i don't know what i'm doing um and then if you take the four pieces of river and make them into a physical circle of river a thing appears in the middle for you to carry on yeah. and do more stuff so it starts playing with how oh, okay like clues in the world on the map also affect the maps and so it's just a really nice thought through puzzle game i have to say i'm slightly getting sick of the incredibly twee music and storytelling and like there's a very like indie typical you know like the stereotype indie approach to some of it um Mm -hmm. and maybe that changes as it goes on i think i'm about a third of the way through but like that core thing of like putting together a map and make fixing it and making things appear and like do different stuff is really really cool and xbox game pass so you can't that's what i was gonna ask what's it you can't lose i have seen that in game pass i've seen that the name rings a bell now you said that i might think it's i think it's one of those things that's worth download in 15 minutes chuck mm-hmm. it on try out the first half an hour and you'll absolutely know whether it's for you or not mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a really cool idea yeah. but yeah that and the last campfire if you're looking for good puzzle games uh, I can't mm. re- last campfire as well has like I think it's really there's just one voice that's like a narrator but it's like really well voiced it's a really good voice I, I forgot to look up who it is but it's just really nice and the music's really nice basically I love that game and I want everyone <laughs> to play it uh, at Tallow Games well done <laughs> Uh, shall we for the first time in quite a while do an endless search yes inside it's a UK IGN crew yeah yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Joe! Uh, hello. Yes, it has been a while, and as such, I'm going absolutely route one. We're gonna do go on, name them. Yay. Oh. Because uh, I. I a every time we play a different game, there is a little bit of you that's like. This could be better if it was go on name on Because <laughs> um, what a format it is. And what a way to show off your genius. Uh, I've got five different categories. Um, 
they're quite abstract, some of them, so I apologise in advance. Uh, but you have actually linked to one by accident as we've gone through, which is cool. Oh. Um, but first up, in honour of WandaVision, I would like to do the upcoming MCU films and TV shows after WandaVision. So not uh, including WandaVision. See, Matt's got of the pressure because he should absolutely nail me at this. Uh. Of which there are... 25, oh, which is insane. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Cardi, I'll give you. I'll give you the. Oh wait, uh, is it an advantage to go for, to guess first? I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> uh, well, like do some of these include like it's just a like if they don't have to have the full name because some of them we don't know the full name of. Yeah, I'd, like, like we're going for some of them are called like the something project or something I, like that. I will be relatively lenient because okay. all of these things are connected to a property. So if the, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just kick things off with just a conservative eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go for ten. I'll go for twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Uh, go on, name them then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, could push you. I was trying to push you to fifteen. <laughs> Fourteen. Oh. Okay. Okay. Sorry, does that include One Division? Although when we're recording no, that, One Division is out. Okay, sorry. Uh, actually, uh, one sec. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just get a pen and paper and make okay. sure that I do it right. <sighs> so that's 14. the sound of paper rattling around. <laughs> uh, I had to write today for the first time in about a year. Awful, isn't it? It felt awful. It's I horrible. Not it do hurts. It. <laughs> Why do we even bother? <laughs> it's painful to write. Uh, right. Okay, one. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Correct. Loki. Correct. What if? Correct. Um da, 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 Secret Invasion? I wouldn't have guessed that one, so yes. I'm just going through some first. Uh Spider Man three, whatever we're calling it. Spider Man three is on there. Um Black Widow. Black Widow. Da, 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 um Guardians 3? Yes, Guardians Volume 3, if we're being pedantic. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> um... You're halfway through. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Oh, some of the specific names are going out of my head now. That's annoying. Um, Captain Marvel 2, Captain sorry. Marvel sorry. 2. Is <laughs> That is on the list, isn't it? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's it definitely is. happening. <laughs> November eleventh, twenty twenty-two. Miss Marvel. Ms. Marvel is on there. She-Hulk. She-Hulk is on there. TBD. Moon Knight. Moon Knight is on there. Is that on the list? Yes, it is. I'm going by our official IGN list, so it better be correct. <laughs> Um, it, it's really annoying me because I can't remember the actual title of the next four, so I'm going to leave that <laughs> for a bit because I can't remember what it's actually. <laughs> oh, Love and Thunder? Correct. Two more. Oh. Uh, right, think of characters, think of characters. Oh, um, Doctor Strange and... Oh, no, I've gone for it. The Multiverse of Madness? Yeah, it's in the Multiverse in of the Madness, vo- but considering I got that wrong in a story yesterday, <laughs> I'll give it to you, so solidarity. <laughs> uh, oh, God, one more. One more. Um, oh, Hawkeye. 
Hawkeye's on there. Oh. That's big 14. I pat like seven. I thought I was done for, but just you've a named, flurry of TV shows came to my mind. You've named almost the entire 2021 slate, but you that's what missed. I was going for. That was yeah. <laughs> you missed Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, <sighs> mm-hmm. July 9th, apparently, uh, and oh, Eternals, Eternals, November yeah. 5th. Um, but after that, we've also got Black Panther 2, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, uh, <laughs> Secret. Oh, they got Secret Invasion, Blade. Deadpool 3, oh, which is now part of the list. Fantastic Four, I Am Groot, Armor Wars, and Ironheart. Um, mm. which, what? Some of those ones later on, I'm well excited. Is, is I, what's I Am Groot again? Is that like an animated? I think it might be I yeah. Am Groot. So I get the impression it's probably going to be part of like the sort of shorter side. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a series of shorts. Okay. Um, Everyone's favourite little tree is coming soon to <laughs> Disney Plus, it says. Uh, okay. To I tell you what, think of another you little tree. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder there. Mm. I read the Gore, the God Butcher stuff over Christmas. Christ, that's a good storyline. That's some of the best oh, yeah. Marvel stuff I've read in a long time. I, I'm looking I'm forward to that a lot. That. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Okay. Hard left turn for the next one. <laughs> At my local... On Uber Eats McDonald's, <laughs> there are 18 burgers. Jesus Christ. Burger types, not including meals. <laughs> I don't have any. McDonald's. How uh, many McDonald's? I shouldn't burgers? have given that info away. I, I, I know all of them. Uh, it's Matt first, isn't it? To... Yeah. Um, Occasionally st- referred to as sandwiches. Sorry, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll start with a conservative three. Three. Yeah. Sorry. Mm. I yeah. No, I'm gonna ask the question after after the guessing. So I'll, I'll go up to Actually, five. Should, I'll give you okay five. I'll give you a. a I'll like, give you a sense of what we're going for. This includes burger types and also burger types with variations. Okay, that's what kind of what I was going to ask. Okay, okay. you know, like a to- like topping types if mm-hmm. there are added. I also wonder, does this include the breakfast menu stuff? Or it does not specifically include any burgers? of the breakfast sandwiches. These are okay. lunchtime burgers, all day menu. Okay, and does it does it branch beyond the classic beef burger? Or, so does well, it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Meats. oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so I said I said five. Um, I'll try six. Oof. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> uh, seven. Oh, no, you. I don't know this menu well enough. You're gonna have to. Go do I, and I'm hoping that these variations are gonna be allowed. <laughs> I, I think the variations are where you're gonna fall down. Really? Okay. I'm interested in it. See. So, uh, I should have asked this question before I said seven. <laughs> so, hamburger. Hamburger is on the list. It's last in the list. The humble hamburger. Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger is correct. Double cheeseburger. Double cheeseburger <laughs> is also correct. Big Mac. Big Mac. He's playing a conservative game. <laughs> Filet of fish. Filet of fish on the list. Is it called the chicken and mayo? Are you going for the chicken and mayo? I'm going for the chicken and mayo. Is that what it's, it's called? It's the chicken legend with cool mayo. <laughs> What's just the chicken burger called? Is it just called chicken uh, burger? Uh, uh, there's Was a that chicken. Co- 
I mean, there's the Chicken Legend, which I is thought a there was just stupid like... name for anything. Oh, there is the McChicken Sandwich. Oh, that's what I was thinking. That's fine. There's no Chicken Mayo, Matt. Can have it. <sighs> yeah, I think so, Chicken so Legend I... with Cool Mayo. I think no, that's fine. I, you know, it, close, right. So I don't be... know if I had another one to be fair. <laughs> so, to yeah. jump to Cardi's defence. I'm pretty sure there is something called the chicken mayo and it's on the 99 key menu. (gasps) Yeah, sorry. Isn't it? There is. I'm so sorry. There is a mayo chicken. I'll give you mayo chicken because you said chicken mayo. You're absolutely Um, right. I won't. But I won't say any of the others you've just said because that would be cheap. Yeah, that's my bad. Uh, Um, So that's. But I don't. I need one more. I don't know what they have these days. Um, See, there's one I know, but I know it's seasonal, so I don't know if it's on at the moment. mm, Yes. They must just have a veggie burger. But what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Just... It's not called uh, a veggie burger. Uh, I know. Did they have this at some? Do they still have it? Oh, there's so many that go in and out. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go for. The uh, <laughs> I'm sure they had one that was like what was like the double bit like the extra big big back one called and I don't know if that's still even there like the double big, the big back oh I don't know um, I'm just gonna say a burger mm-hmm. let's go with let's just go, let's call it the muck veggie burger. It is not the McVeggie <laughs> Burger. It is, of course, the Vegetable Deluxe. Uh, the ones you have missed. The Big Tasty. There we go. Oh, for God's sake. The Big Tasty with bacon. Double quarter pounder with cheese. Quarter pounder with cheese. Chicken Legend with barbecue sauce. Chicken Legend Did with I, cool oh, mayo. I didn't do the quarter pounder with cheese. No. Chicken Legend with hot and spicy mayo. <laughs> There's three different Chicken Legend variants. Um... What else we got? Filet of fish, McChicken sandwich, vegetable deluxe, triple cheeseburger. When you got to double cheeseburger, I was like, is he going to go <sighs> I trips? didn't know if. I didn't know if that was there at the mm. moment. And the bacon double cheeseburger. I'm so sorry. Matt, you take the point. A valiant, a valiant six, especially when I fucked you over completely. <laughs> uh, hard left turn again. We're almost going back on ourselves. Films featuring Danny DeVito. There are 84 films featuring Jesus Danny DeVito. Rice. I love this game. <laughs> um, there these, is some. And these are all acting, like he's produced. He is acting. Uh, in some, he is voice acting, I will give you that. Okay. Um, but yes, these are all films in which he is playing a part. Uh, four. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not hot on Devito, which we, a lot. A lot of people get angry about that. Is I think partially it's because I'm not a huge It's Always Sunny fan, so I've kind of never. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. It is interesting when you look. He's so famous for a man with so few hits on his resume. <laughs> it's incredible. I think I've only got four in me. Go on, name them, Cardi. Four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, L.A. Confidential. Correct. Matilda. Correct. Batman Returns. 
It is returns, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And Dumbo. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's a big win. I'll a take four it. film DeVito win. All you of his course, hits there. <laughs> you've missed Throw Mama from the Train. How good was he directed? Uh, he was the voice of Swackhammer in Space Jam. I didn't know that. Which was the Dr. Seuss one he did with the guy from the The Lombax, is it? The Lombax. Yeah, the Lombax. Uh, he played a character referred to only as Rude Gambler in Mars Attacks. <laughs> uh, he's an uncredited part in Men in Black. I feel like really? I should know that. Uh, Man on the Moon, very good. He plays himself as Mini-Me in Austin Powers in Goldman. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's in a film called Death to Smoochie, which he directed. <laughs> I've never heard of Death You've to Smoochie. You've never heard of it? No, you should watch it. Uh, Twins. So there you go. Yeah. There we go. Not perfect, career-wise. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> he's also one. in the latest Jumanji. That was going to be one of mine. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is next level. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he said, yes, he's next level in that. That's, he's next level in that film. <laughs> Absolutely next level. Criminally ignored in the awards season. Um, uh, we'll go back to more familiar ground, although I think this is actually quite a hard round, but you both professed a certain interest in it earlier in this very podcast. Oh, no. There have been 26 Indiana Jones games. Oh, What? I thought there was only like four. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot you, you won't have heard of. Uh, Matt goes first, doesn't he? Um, I'll start this with... includes, I will say, young Indiana Jones games, if your oh, knowledge extends to young Indiana oh. Jones. <laughs> I mean, I'll start with four. <laughs> That's the sweet spot, isn't it? I was going to say four. <laughs> Can I, could I just bring a fifth out of my arse? <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> I think there's more than... There's more in here than you that you will know than you think you know. But really? there are also some absolute pieces of shit in there. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to let Matt do it. I can't, I can't, I can't do five. I can't do five. You've, okay. abs- you've let yourself down there. It's to be all over again. <laughs> So, Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Yes. Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Yes. Best. Yeah. Love now he's fate. in trouble. So, <laughs> I think that I'm fairly sure that there is... Is the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade the video game? Yes, there is. Oh, I didn't even think that they'd do license. Mm-hmm. I, I will give you that. It is, it is actually called, officially, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the action game. <laughs> which I like. <laughs> When is it Indiana Jones and the Curse of the Pharaohs? Oh, sorry. They... Yeah. Uh, Curse of the Pharaohs. I'm going to look that up first because you've said something. <laughs> That's useful. It is not a game. Oh, Wrong. Boo. He's lost on four. It's huge. Can't he's it. taken it. I think well, I misled him. There was a temple. I, I, of Doom I knew game, this was you? coming. I misled him with that title <laughs> earlier. Now the there. thing, the thing you could have done here is uh, just name all the films. I thought there was <laughs> a Temple of Raiders Doom. Of the game. Lost Ark. Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, Crystal Skull are all games. And then there is also Temple of Doom Arcade. Uh, Last Crusade, the action game. Last Crusade, the graphic adventure. <laughs> the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Instruments of Chaos, starring Young Indiana Jones. <laughs> I love that they were like, we've got to go big with the Instruments of Chaos. Young Indiana Jones can come later. 
Indiana Jones's greatest adventures. Oh, it's uh, the fucking Emperor's Tomb is the Xbox One that I was Emperor's thinking Emperor's Tomb, yes. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Indiana Jones and his desktop adventures. <laughs> uh, of course, two Lego Indiana Jones games mm. he didn't, didn't go for. And then the Wii game was Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. Oh, that's the, yeah, that, I didn't know that. Uh, and then there's Indiana Jones and the Lost Puzzles on Blackberry. Uh, and the last Indiana Jones game was Indiana Jones Adventure World, which was solely on Facebook. <laughs> um, which is sad, isn't it? Tremendous. I don't think there's, there hasn't been an Indiana Jones game since 2009. Yeah, that's, that's mad, it is. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, all right. Now for the big one, boys. Does that mean I'm, I'm three one up? There we go. Yeah, you've won, but we're going to yeah, go yeah, for yeah. the last one. Um, and I think you're going to like it it's a huge category I'll give you the number before we get there and see if you can guess what it is 574 Pokemon (laughs) it's not Pokemon we'll be here forever yeah Uh, I don't know it's previous episodes of the IGN UK podcast boys what I want to know episode subtitles from the IGN UK podcast annals uh, let's test whether you give a shit about this. Uh, of course, the first 70 or so episodes had no subtitles, and I'm not allowing anything from It's Football Day. But beyond I've, that... The annoying thing is I've probably re- written half of these for the last year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we three have been on a lot of these podcasts I'm expecting huge things. I have uploaded about four podcasts in my career. What, you don't vanity listen to them? No. I, I mean, I'll listen, I'll listen to it when you guys are on it and I'm not on it. Don't listen oh, to myself. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, why would I listen when I'm on it? Um, I listen to myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Six. Six. <laughs> Absolutely fucking go on, Naaman. I love it. Jesus um, Christ. He's just going to name the last six. <laughs> so, can have the IGN UK Alternative Game Awards 2020. <laughs> Alternative Games Awards. Incorrect. <laughs> uh, and, and the same for TV and movie or entertainment. Or whatever, you know. What's it IGN called? UK Alternative Film and TV Awards. Film and TV, he's done it. Yeah, that's two of you six. I'm not going to be boring and just do those three years in a row. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we just did some simple ones like The Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast. Let's have a look. Last or like Last. spoiler special. It is load up properly, Spotify. Why won't you? Oh no, I've not tested the systems. Oh <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh-oh. Last Uh-oh. of Us 2 spoiler cast. Technically, it's called The Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast part two. <laughs> oh, we did two, so I was going to say part two. two as my second Were one. Were you actually? Yeah, you genuinely. Because I, I knew we did you. two because we had two different casts. I know you're a trustworthy trivia boy. Uh, so I'm now going to go for one that I'm pretty sure. I'm going to go for some more funny ones that I'm pretty yeah, sure we've that's had. What I'd, that's what I'd like. Donkey Kong Schlong, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> is one. <laughs> Donkey. It is. Number 538. Donkey Kong. Schlong. I was waiting for the ticker on Spotify <laughs> to move along. Um, oh, it's just playing your voice. I've got, one, I've got one more. 
Yeah. That I think it, it sticks in my brain. I'm pretty sure we did it because it's so weird. Because you wouldn't know what the hell this episode is about. Mm-hmm. Juicy lips and Barney. <laughs> <laughs> juicy lips and Barney. <laughs> or Barney and Juicy Lips. It is <laughs> Juicy Lips and, and now I wait for the Spotify ticker. And come on. Oh, it's not going. Juicy Lips and Barney. He's got it. <laughs> what a stupid box. There we go. What, what a win. <laughs> we can go through some big ones. Um, Iron Man and his bouncy balls. Joaquin Phoenix, right ace attorney. That's good. W- Wiggly Bispo may cry. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Kenny Mamarella's donut dreams. Uh, got him. Charlie Charlie Garlic's job tips. <laughs> uh, Waluigi's Fallout Bunker. Big Head Redemption. Jabba's face is well expensive. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's massive nips. Do you ever wonder why we don't get as many views as we want? We get loads. We get We're enough. Fine. We get enough. Oh, you and know. of course, Cardi, how can you forget Benny the Blade Runner? Uh, Benny well, Washburn. Benny... Benny Washburn. That's a huge 4-1 win for Cardi. Another scintillating episode of Go On Name <laughs> Maybe I'll go for more normal topics next time, but I just thought, come back, New Year, burgers. I just, found, I just looked up and I just found one here called God of Meat. God <laughs> of Meat's good. Um, Kenny Mamarella's Donut Dreams really sticks in that. Swimming in with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, that. Oh, we have fun. Uh, Should we do some feedback? Uh, We've only got two more pieces because we used one earlier. But maybe we'll go back actually to Rory's question, which was, has there ever been a game basically that's been really well received that you guys didn't click with? So a game that everyone else loves that you don't. I'm sure we all have some of those. Um, Well, I mean, I think all of us are slightly confused by the reaction to Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Yeah, Um, that's like a thorough seven, maybe six, even. It's definitely a six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't quite get the love. Uh, I don't think it's terrible. I just think it's quite dull. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a bit. What? Uh, I had the I same know. with Ghosts last year as well. Like Ghosts of Tsushima, I don't, I don't get how it mm. captured the amount of people. Yeah. Um, uh, I when it came out, uh, so I went at like uh, I think it was Gamescom 2016. The Square Enix PR was like, "You've got to come and see this game," and I was like, "What's this game?" It was near Automata, and mm-hmm. I thought it looked fucking shit. And I played, and when it when the demo came out, I played that, and I just I just didn't get it. And it's one of those games that I now know I think I really would like it, but mm. I've still never sat down and played near all the mm-hmm. way through. But I was absolutely against it when I came out and couldn't understand why it was getting all these reviews because I thought what I played of it was dreadful. Yeah, yeah, I have that with. Um... In theory, I think I've said this before. In theory, I, like Destiny should be my favourite game in the world, but for some reason, I just can't get on with it. Uh, mm. And indeed, Halo. I just never clicked with Halo, uh, despite thinking the music's incredible. But that's about it. I think if there's anything where I'm just like straight up, people would hate me. I can't. I think mean, of much. Oh, I, like I've never understood Gears of War. I don't get why. Like even when it was kind of fresh, I didn't really understand why anyone thought Gears of War was a good idea. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but it did result in binary domain. So you know, uh, 
one of the best games uh, ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think mainly we like good games. So I'm, I mean, I know one for you, Cardi, which is, of course, El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. I've just he never played it. To try it. <laughs> Look, there's a re-release coming out, so our long-awaited Let's Play of can El hear Shaddai. a beautifully remastered version of Jason Isaacs' performance as the devil. Um, <laughs> it's good. I feel like I've almost got to give it a try now that it is being remastered. It's genuinely good if you like Devil May Cry. Anyway. See, I don't uh, really like That's one for me. Devil May Cry doesn't quite click with Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt, you've got the next piece of feedback. Yeah, from Craig Salisbury, who says, Hi, Sea Respecters. See, that's Hello. how we go. We don't tell the sea to fuck off. Um, Rory. <laughs> Dale mentioned recently that in his youth, there was a rumour going around that one of the ingredients in Sunny Delight was pig's piss. <laughs> My hometown isn't far from where Dale grew up, but what a difference 11 miles between Coventry and Leamington Spa makes. That's Royal Leamington Spa, if you're feeling fancy. The rumour in my school was that Sunny Delight was made with ball spunk. (laughs) 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 On the whole, I would say this is more likely to be true due to the slightly creamy, clammy taste of Sunny D. Okay, I've got a lot to it. I've I've never... Like, it's been a long time since I've had Sunny D. I never remember tasting it going, oh, that's creamy. <laughs> yeah, get me wrong. Don't Sorry, don't get me wrong. Get me wrong. <laughs> um, sunny D is not a good drink. But I don't... I, I don't even understand what the idea of a clammy taste is. Like, like, really? Like, just not even hot milk, just, like, milk that's been left out? I don't know. It's <laughs> like Clammy's got milk. a slight stickiness to it, hasn't it? Yeah. And so, like, Sunny D... Almost claggy. like a... Almost like a yogurt, almost like a little, you know, yakul. <laughs> Sunny D. I don't know, no, no uh, what a clammy drink. Would oh, be I like. see. Right, I thought you were saying it's like yakul. <laughs> well, I will no, say no, it's not <laughs> creamy or clammy. It's like yakul. <laughs> no, Sunny D is just acidic. Is all I can remember. <laughs> what I will Sweet say is, acid. if Craig is like of a similar age to, to kind of me and most of us. If you remember when Sunny D first came out, there were two versions, which was the Florida style and yep. the California style. Mm. California was definitely like thicker in consistency. It was closer to a traditional <sighs> orange juice, whereas Florida was slightly sort of runnier, I guess. Yeah, I remember oh, preferring one much more to the other, but I can't. Which Florida was, the was tangier. Was Florida the orange one? And no, they're, so they're both the orange, yellow? But no, Calif- no, one had a yellow top and one had an orange top. Oh, orange was Florida, Florida? and yeah, that's uh, the one I was heard, I think. Uh, I wasn't good. allowed Sunny Delight, so I don't have these memories. <laughs> it wasn't good. Nah. But no, yeah, that's it. I but, tried it once at a friend's house. I was like, "This is what all the kids want for no when there's." And I know this is a Dave Chappelle joke, but when there's purple stuff, why would you want to drink purple stuff? It's exactly. cool. It's this when this- um, it's one of those things that like every six months when you're a kid, like you know you don't like it, but you beg your mum to get it for a week. Like I want yeah. it, I want some cider. Then you drink it, like I don't like it. That's oh, like, I had exactly the, like, the same the thing same. as an adult though. Like Dale was talking the other day on Twitter about how bad sugar puffs are. I absolutely agree with him. And about five minutes <laughs> later, awful. I put one in my basket in my Tesco order. 
What are you doing to yourself? I just like I've just got that craving now just to make sure that like they're definitely bad because there's part of my mind that's going, but no, you did have the wants and thought they were okay. Well, it's like Uh, how Weetos sound like an amazing idea, but they're actually disgusting. They don't taste like interestingly over Christmas I got like a mystery box of like just American like sweets and stuff. Mm. And Mm. one of the things in there was Oreo cereal, which is basically just Weetos covered in ice. Which good? They're they're just very sweet. I just have cereals like dessert at like midnight. I never have it in the morning, so it works for me if I have a little bowl of Oreo icing. Uh, if anyone's got any cereal stories, are we tense? Are we sensing a new special here with cereals? Who knows? I so I don't like cereals. I'm the I'm the Matt sandwich of uh, <laughs> of uh, cereals situation. But I loved them when I was a kid. My the thing I don't know if is this the same for everyone. Did you just dump loads of sugar on top of a wheat oh, yeah. to make it palatable? Absolutely. I remember making. I don't know what if I wasn't allowed Sunny Delight. I don't know why my parents used to let me put like half a bowl of sugar on top of <laughs> mm-hmm. Weetabix. It's I would ridiculous. prefer um, microwaved Weetabix as well and just mix loads of sugar into that. No, yeah. are you one understand. of those freaks that likes hot milk on cereal? No, no, I'm not. I like cold milk on cereal, but I did love like ready brack and like hot Weetabix, like uh, mush. Nah. Or <laughs> uh, a bowl of ready brack with golden syrup mixed in. That's a Have treat. you nearly drowned in a hilarious way <laughs> in a bowl of milk? Right in. Yeah. yeah. That's the special. Drowned That's in the... cereal special. <laughs> That's what we want. Oh, I didn't even say the drowning special or the sandwich special for the title. No, I know. I was waiting for those. Uh, that was too easy, if anything. Uh, anyway, I've got one more piece of feedback here from Stuart Jackson who says, I just finished Uncharted The Lost Legacy and I wanted to share a thought. Naughty okay. Dog would make a great Jurassic Park game. And that's all Stuart has to say. And do you know what? That sounds like a good idea. There's been a lot of talk this week after like the indie stuff and after the Bond stuff a few weeks ago. Like There seems to be some great like, marriages of studios mm. and licenses coming together that hopefully will make great games. Um, well, most clicker sequences are basically the raptor bit in Jurassic Park in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I could totally see that. That would be cool. That would be cool. I think that would be a good one. Do you have any? I don't. It's been a. It's been. A, I'd say it's been a hot topic. I don't know if it has. Um, of people being like, what would be a great like mix of studios for stuff? I will steal this from Samuel Roberts of Tech Radar, who created the perfect marriage for me, which is Hideki Kamiya and Platinum making a lightsaber action game. It would make everyone understand quite how boring Fallen Order was, <laughs> because if you couple the man who made Bayonetta with lightsaber combat, it's going to be fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a good one. I can't remember. I've completely lost track of what mine was now. That's annoying, isn't it? For everyone, I'm sure they're really waiting to see what I had to say about this. Um, God. <laughs> <laughs> who who would be good we for a Lord of the Rings game? We Matt? end with energy. <laughs> Matt, who should make a Lord of the Rings game? Tell me. A Lord of the Rings game. I, I tell you what, I was listening to. Funnily enough, this was another podcast with Matthew Castle and Samuel Roberts on that I was listening to the other day. They, they were talking good. about. Can you remember Lord of the Rings Conquest, which was made yeah. by Pandemic, that was supposed to be a battlefield, but it was Lord of the Rings. That mm. should have been incredible. Like on paper, that makes so much sense, and it was just absolute dog shit. I remember being really excited for that, and yeah, then playing it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd love, I'd love like a grand scale Lord of the Rings sort of game. Like I don't know what developer i'd want to take because i wouldn't want to you wouldn't give it to like a first person shooter developer that's done like a battlefield mm-hmm. like larry even though that's the scale i want like that feeling of almost 
Musou kind of like in the middle of oh, hundreds okay. of other players. I thought you meant like creative assembly style grand strategy. No, no. Like I want to be a foot soldier and potentially, mm, okay. you know, have something that allows you to rise through the ranks or, you know, be reincarnated as a as a wizard or something mad like I, I that. Thought you'd May want... I suggest Bladestorm the Hundred Years War, the Musou <laughs> game where you can play as Joan of Arc. <laughs> It's yeah, I mean, you can. rubbish. <laughs> but, uh, but it is basically that. What about like a Lord of the Rings, like XCOM, like the Fellowship but XCOM style? Um, yeah. Okay, wait, no, we don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, like, Toss the Dwarf really works in that context. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, interacting, uh, yeah. interacting with your units and stuff. That would, that be would also fun. be good in, yeah, if Larian did have a go. It's basically just divinity but all the rings characters yeah in. yeah i mean so like the divinity's template like larian's rpg template because it's it's just dungeons and dragons is it like can apply to pretty much any fantasy um i think i i feel a little bit uh, about lord of the rings XCOM because there was lord of the rings tactics on psp which mm. as a kid i saved a lot of money for to buy and it was absolute garbage and i never got past like the third mission so it felt very put out i spent I all had, my pocket money on it i think we had a very similar conversation two or three years ago and I definitely said back then, and I still want it now, like basically Overwatch, but Marvel. Just yeah. Blizzard do a Marvel game. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> but they love their own stuff, and why wouldn't they? Because they're very well, good at this that. This is the thing. <laughs> I've seen a few people that kind of like were like, oh, I'd love to see this company do a Star Wars game. Like I saw, like especially smaller companies where they're like, I really, and I do like uh, the idea of. Lucasfilm being able to expand it and have smaller studios take on Star Wars and get some recognition they deserve because they're using that license, I do think is cool. But I think the idea of, I don't want to see Supergiant, for example, do a Star Wars game because I sort of die inside of the idea of their creative team having Mm -hmm. to work with concepts that are already so well known. Like the brilliance of Hades is seeing kind of their interpretation of the Greek mythology, the beauty of Pyre and Transistor was seeing entirely new worlds from them. I don't want to see them restricted by, and their gameplay design restricted by what Star Wars should be. So I'd rather those kind of companies stuck and got to still do original work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Let people do what they want, is what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Sorted. Uh, although Star Wars and Marvel and Indiana Jones probably will make you lots of money. So always bear that in mind. That's that's my advice for any developer listening. Because <laughs> why would you listen to me? Um, if you want to send in feedback, do that to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com with any thoughts you have on you know any any matchups like that you'd like to see, any milk stories, cereal <laughs> stories, Sunny Delight stories. Mate, this about, podcast's really changed. Um, <laughs> just general foods you wanted as a kid that your parents wouldn't let you have. <laughs> Oh, that is quite good, actually. I like the idea of stuff you weren't allowed as a kid. That's mm-hmm. a fun one. Um, I also I do want to address. I was well, I was looking through endless search stuff today and realizing we'd done almost all of it, and I had to do <laughs> go on name them. I did see a sandwich story we never covered, which I just wanted to give a quick shout out to. I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name, but you came from Cornwall. You had a Subway sandwich. And you said you had it twice because when you threw it up, it tasted exactly the same oh, on the way out. Oh, no, <laughs> which I found so funny. Oh, oh, that was good. That's horrible. Uh, but well done. That's yeah, I've tu- I've tucked that 
gross stuff away at the end of the podcast. Can so you can you remember something when you a kid that you really wanted? The I remember one day I got it, and I I think it was a full year of asking. It was a it wasn't really a board game. It was more of a toy called Blackbeard's Treasure. It was a board game where like each player had like a plastic pirate ship with cannon. Mm-hmm. You'd fire cannons. And you'd actually fire the balls out and basically try and destroy the other team's fortress. It I remember this. It was incredible. That I cool. loved it. It was so good. <laughs> uh, I wasn't... My dad bought me Duke Nukem 3D on PlayStation and then put it away until I was 18. And like, actually 18. He, and I was, like, 12. <laughs> it was absolute bollocks. <laughs> yeah, the uh, things yeah. you've seen now as well. I know. Things I do. <laughs> with milk <laughs> I, don't um, know, I don't know what that means <laughs> anyway before this gets out of hand uh, goodbye oh we haven't well, I don't know music we haven't even thought about it oh, oh no uh, well Persona has good music uh, yeah go on then yeah 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 put yeah. some of that crazy cosmic jazz on the end <laughs> there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.